You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia here as usual, and today I am joined by Pastor Matt. Hi. And Shauna. Hello. <laughs> Um, and apparently last time we Zoomed, I lied by saying that was probably going to be our last um, podcast via Zoom, because here we are Zooming again, only kind of weird. Matt and I are both at the church <laughs> in our offices, um, having some technical difficulties with uh, the sound equipment in the sanctuary. But hey, this way we got to bring Shauna up into it. So that's a bonus, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> uh, so before we get into Revelation, um, how's everybody's week going? Good. I mean, oh, sorry, Sean. I'll answer at once. <laughs> I, that's good. I nothing exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, we had same. our first. This is what I hate about Zoom. It's like, okay. yeah, it's like you have to raise your hand before you want to say something. I was just going to say um, that we had our first staff meeting like in person again yesterday for the first time in a while. And so that was nice to see your faces and um, just to, you know, chat a little bit. Yeah, I, I it was nice to get the church cleaned up a little bit. Like it wasn't messy, but there were a lot of things that were just out of place because of, yeah. you know, the, the, the different streaming we were doing for the services and the recording. And uh, just because we, we didn't have to worry about things kind of being out in the middle of it. So it's felt much nicer this week to walk into the building with the building cleaned up and, and looking like it's ready for worship. It just has kind of done something for me a little bit to, to get me excited about Sunday to see it um, ready to go. So it's good. Nice. Yeah, I I would say yesterday was nice to put on real pants and you see, know you put keep, earrings in. You and, keep saying that, but but I think most people are wearing pants. I don't know like <laughs> well I mean I real think pants. that are leggings real pants. pants. But not everybody does. So <laughs> Good times. Good I've times. been wearing real pants every day during this <laughs> quarantine. I think, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Oh, I did go back to my uh, quarantine hairdo of a top knot on my head, but I did put in earrings. I was like, Ooh, that'll dress it up a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah. man, your hair is overrated. <laughs> yep. So um, we have kind of a lot to, to work through today, right? What? How many chapters are we working through today, Matt? Well, I think uh, today we've got, oh my goodness, um, 6 through 20 that we're going to talk about. So, yeah, so yeah, um, I'm like, terrible at math, but I think that's 15. So <laughs> Math is hard. <laughs> um, I was telling you yesterday at our meeting when we were talking about Revelation and podcast a little bit um that when I was reading through six through twenty 
you know, usually when I'm reading through a book, I'm like, you know, underlining things and writing notes and stuff. And like the further I got into that, the more I was underlining. And I was like, I'm just underlining every single sentence. <laughs> because there's a lot, there's a lot in there. Like, yeah, yeah he, yeah. So, um, let's get started. Let's. Am I starting? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll start. Okay. Matt, we all know that you're driving this bus, okay? <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> I don't, I think we're, we're in trouble if that's the case, but I'll give it a shot. So, <laughs> I feel like we'd be in trouble if Shauna and I were the ones like, Okay, we're going to teach you about Revelation 6 through 20, what Matt didn't cover in the sermon. <laughs> well, there's a lot that I didn't cover um, because that is a lot of text to go over. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that, that we uh, were trying to accomplish with this is, is ultimately just to kind of give a snapshot of what God's going to be doing during these end days. And there's two reasons why we don't need to dwell on all of the specific details. One is because there are things we can't know. And, and where people tend to spend the most amount of time in debate when it comes to the book of Revelation, I feel like, um, or I read or I hear, uh, the most amount of debate is in things that we can't know. Um, and so it seems silly to me when there are things that we can know for sure, you know, let's focus there. Let's dig into what God's telling us and showing us and why that matters for us. Uh, and in areas where there's things that we can't know for sure, yeah, it's fun to talk about and it's fun to deal with, but, but that's not the, the area for us to get lost in. Um, and so I think it's okay that we've moved like I've had a couple of people ask, like, why aren't we taking this a whole lot more slowly through these, you know, these judgments? Um, and, and I think ultimately, because we don't need to. Um, first off, as a believer in Jesus Christ, if we are right about the rapture, um, then good news, I ain't going to be here. Um, odds are, odds are I will be dead and gone before this plays out. But if this does happen, um, in this generation, then, hey, you know what? I will be with Jesus, and um, potentially people that uh, don't know Jesus now um, and are left will end up um, maybe listening to a sermon series or reading a book, and they could learn some things. But for, for us, um, this is just information for us to know about what's going to happen in the future. It's not necessarily something that we are going to experience, okay? Uh, so I think it's good that we can move through it at a good clip, but there's so much in there that, that you have to kind of almost treat it like a checklist. Yeah, Malia, what do you got? <laughs> um, so I think this is just my personality type, but like I'm thinking about all the details that John is telling us here, and I'm, I'm sure that it's the Holy Spirit that helps him, but, but I, I'm, I'm picturing him like seriously taking notes why this is happening because how does he remember all of this like it is a lot of stuff and very specific uh you know numbers and details and like that just that blows my mind yeah and, and i so th i mean that's a great question right so so what is it that he's visually perceiving what is it that he's hearing 
And what is it that he's just the knowledge that's being imparted to him by the Holy Spirit? And there is, there is, there is a, a lot there to do with um, the inspiration of Scripture that we don't necessarily know. This is one of the faith issues, right? We believe that, that all of Scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, the, the author, the human author, uses their voice, you know, their writing style, their, their way of being. Malia, we talked about that yesterday, right? If it was you and I, we'd have a lot of ellipses in there. Um, because that's our, that's our writing style, right? So, so each author is their own person, but the Holy Spirit kind of superimposes the process. So how much of this is, is what he just knows because the Holy Spirit is, is giving him, uh, what is he hearing? What's just being impressed upon him? What is he seeing? I think there's, you know, there's a lot of ways that plays out. Um, but, but yeah, there is a ton of information. The other thing there too, is that you know, how, how long did it take him to receive this revelation? You know, just because he doesn't say um, every second chapter, oh, and then we took a break. And then, <laughs> you know, like, so how long does this take? And because yeah. he's, and because he's in the spirit, right? Does, do these things that happen while he's in the spirit, um, how much time do they take when he's on earth? Like, there, there's just things we can't know for sure there. But um, but those are those are interesting things to think about because some of yeah, it's like oh there were 144,000 of them yeah did he yeah, count like, all of them I can't even remember what I ate yesterday let alone right well and you, you gotta love that he counts 144,000 right yeah. like I, I I forget exactly the, the chapter like um, in chapter seven he counts 144,000 12,000 from every tribe these are the ones that are sealed by God to to witness but then he says, on top of that, there's this multitude that I can't count. And so then if you're like me, you're thinking, well, how high did he get before he said, forget it? <laughs> yeah. Like he'd already got to 144,000. So he's like 144,000 in one. Oh, forget it. It's a great multitude that I can't number. <laughs> so anyway, I, I think this is, this is just, it, it's so critically important for us to know about this um but I, but I, the encouragement is always there to yes let's explore the details but let's not get bogged down in details the details of these visions and these future events that, that john's trying to describe some people will will just say oh well that's that's a reason i can't believe the bible because of revelation so i can't understand it i'm not going to believe it which is so tragically wrong because there's so much that we can be sure about in scripture that we just don't want to get lost on. Sure. So, you know, I think though, as, as Jesus opens the seals, you know, we see these things come in and, um, you know, I think we talked last time in podcast Malia about the fact that, um, you know, it, it's literal. These are literal things but he's describing them to us the best he can, um, which is why I think it's good to focus on what we know for sure. And what we know for sure is that God is judging the world. Um, he is bringing judgment on the world. Um, and here, here's the interesting thing. It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily that God is picking on individuals during this time. 
right? He is not, he is not necessarily dealing with individuals. He's dealing with the world as a whole. And we live on the world as a whole. And so we're going to get caught up in that, or the people that are living at the time are going to get caught up in that. But God isn't specifically thinking, oh, Shauna Kurth, um, this is the time when I'm going to give judgment to her. No, I mean, God is thinking, hey, I'm dealing with evil and sin as a whole. And, and I, I'm, I'm dealing with that. And Shauna Kurth may get caught up in that. Matt Hans may get caught up in that. But it's not about us in that moment. This is about God doing what he, he said he would do way back at the beginning and setting right everything that's been made wrong. So, so it's, not, um, it's not meant to be personal, although it'll feel personal, right? But the personal judgment comes later. We're actually going to hear about that on Sunday when we get to Revelation 20. You know, that's personal. That judgment is, is very intimate. But this is just God dealing with sin, evil, tragedy in the world. Um, and he does it methodically, and he does it decisively, and it's nasty. I mean, it's, it's rough. Um, so, again, I think those are important things to hit on. But, but again, like, what's the order? Like, what turns to blood first? Um, what does it mean that the sun scorches everybody? What does it mean that it's, that it's complete darkness and that causes pain? Like, I don't know. Um, and, and I don't know that we need to. And why, why is it like, oh, like in chapter eight, it's always a third? You know, um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Um, you know, he does that uh, where it's a, uh, yeah, it's a third of the earth is burned. A third of mm -hmm. the trees are burned. Yeah, third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died. A third of the ships were destroyed. Like, it's just over and over and over. I don't read any specific um, thing in scripture, at least not that mm -hmm. I'm smart enough to know about why a third matters quite that much. But mm -hmm. um um, but in this instance, that's just the nature of the judgment is the, uh, you know, a third of the earth, a third of this. And, um, and actually to a degree, it's kind of, um, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. It's kind of a blessing that during this time, the population continues to dwindle because the resources will continue to dwindle. And so for people alive on the earth, I mean, if there were still 7 billion of them, um, you know, with no water and, and, you know, all of the, the plant life gone and, and, you know, the, the things that produce oxygen gone, I mean, then it would be, it would be bad. So. What else you guys got as we went through this, are there any questions that, um, that kind of pop in your head and, I feel like there was some in chapter nine, there was a, a lot of like references to the plagues in Exodus. Yeah, so in chapter nine, you get um, the, the final three trumpets, um, which are the terror trumpets. Um, so right away, that kind of shows us that God is upping the ante of judgment. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Um, with the terror judgments, there's a shift, right? So you've gone from, uh, as, as the scrolls are opened, you know, there's these natural disasters, there's war, earthquake, famine, you know, God uh, allows these things to happen. 
you get into the judgments though, and then God is actually sending things. He's doing stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, you get uh, the, this fifth terror judge or this, this fifth trumpet judgment, the terror judgment, and then we get these locusts, but they're not really locusts. And that's why we think of the plagues in, in Egypt. Yeah. Because we think, low, but man, these are, I don't know what these are, right? But these aren't locusts. I mean, they're locust, scorpion, kind of stinger things that mm -hmm. look, I mean, they had hair like women's hair and teeth like the teeth of a lion. They wore armor made of iron and their wings roared like an army of chariots rushing into battle. Tails yeah, you can't, stung. you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> no. Like, I think I told you this, or maybe I mentioned the sermon, but I had a, a pastor back at Bethany, Pastor Jerry, who said, you know what? And he's not saying this definitively. He's just saying, look, who knows? Is that a helicopter? Who knows what John's describing there? I mean, he would have never seen one before. So he's doing the best he can. Now, the problem with that is um, the idea that they can wound and injure and hurt but not kill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure it holds up, but, but the idea is that... Well, it gets you thinking outside of the box a little bit. Yes. The, yeah. the idea is we're describing things here. John's describing something here that is otherworldly. He, mm -hmm. he can't, um, you know, for the life of him, no. So there is maybe a tie-in to Exodus, but it's different. This is, this is sure. significantly different. Sure. And then, you know, the sixth trumpet, you get the, the 200 million mounted horses, um, which are also very weird. Uh, the riders wore armor that was fiery red and dark blue and yellow. The horses had head like lions, breathed out this burning fire and smoke and sulfur. Um, and that breathing out is what actually kills people. Like, I mean. It's going to be bad. Yeah, that's going to be I mean, bad. Because and, in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad when you're like, I just want to die because this is horrible. Well, and, and it, this kind of goes to show you how the world will shift to a little bit from people that think they can be indifferent about God mm -hmm. to, in this instance, people will not be indifferent about God. They will either follow him or they will hate him because they mm -hmm. will be very clear that these judgments are from God, that these things are from um you, you know, the, the God in heaven, the Christian God, the ones that Christians worship. So, so they will know that, and uh, because these things are happening in the world, they're either going to be on God's side and they will follow him, or they're going to become more and more bitter and angry and reject him and follow the Antichrist. So uh, mm -hmm. one of the ways that, that one of the, the byproducts of the judgment that's God bringing, and on purpose, is that it causes people to choose even more significantly, where are they, whose side are they on? Which is why we read that even after the plagues, when, when the bull judgments happen and, and we start, you know, God starts pouring out his wrath, that people, what do they do? We read it a couple of times. They curse God, but they won't repent. Do you, they hate do God, you but they won't that, repent. Do you think that, well, yeah, and God, you see over and over, even just in this, uh, this book that he gives you time there's time, there's time until there is no more time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like the way we read it kind of stands um, that it's the, it's the mark of the beast. 
You know, I'm that, curious your thoughts on that. On do the mark think, of the beast? Yeah. Do you think it's going to be an actual physical mark? Because I, I have heard commentary where um, the the teacher thought that it could be that that's more figurative, kind of like in Deuteronomy where um, Deuteronomy six where it says uh, tie them as symbols on your head hands and bind them on your foreheads and how like the Jews use the phylacteries and actually like literally bind you know God's word yeah. to their head but it should be more I, figurative. I can't see again. I can't know. Well, I know you don't know. I'm just no, curious. No, no, no. I, but yeah. but I was just I was just prefacing before I say something that sounds authoritative. I yeah. want people to know that I can't know this for sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't want anybody thinking, oh well, Matt said, um, and accidentally getting the mark of the beast. Uh, so so here's the thing. Um, it's all about Hans's fall. I know. Uh, that's not what I want. He does very specifically say, though, if you look in, in chapter 13, verse 16, talking about the false prophet, he required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I think it's an actual mark of some kind or an implant of some kind. That's what I've always thought, too. And so when well, I heard that, I was I, I just had never heard that before. So. I think it's oddly specific. <laughs> For the author to say, for John to say on the on the 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 hand or the forehead, if we're talking about something metaphorical. But here here's right. the other thing about it. Whatever it is, it's not going to be as easy to figure out as we think. Okay. And the reason for that is because um, in verse 18 in the same chunk of scripture, here's what John says: Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast. For it's the number of a man, his number is 666. So, I mean, John John explains, like, hey, it, it's not going to be a big 666 on a hand, right? Like, wisdom is going to be needed to okay. solve this. The other thing, though, and I think in this day and age, people are worried about, you know, especially with this idea of, like, oh, tracing and the vaccine that we're going to, and what if, what if we all have to have microchip implants about vaccines and whatever else? And so I think people are worried that they might accidentally take the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've had that conversation with somebody who's like, well, yeah. I don't want to have that because what if that's the mark of the beast? You know, like if we have to have like a, you know, an implant that tells whether we've been vaccinated or whatever. Listen, um, in this instance, when this is happening, the Antichrist has declared himself, right? The false prophet has declared himself. The false prophet is, is, singing the praises and enforcing worship of the antichrist who by the way was dead and then resurrected by satan satan brought him back to life with his satanic power right and people are saying wow that guy is powerful nobody's as powerful as him the false prophet makes us worship him and we get this mark so that we are honoring him and satan like it's not gonna be something that sneaks up on us okay Right, like, like I'm not accidentally going to get a tattoo, and then and then find out later on. Oh no, I got the mark of the beast when I got a tattoo. Gotcha. Okay, that's good. That's reassuring. Well, I mean, I guess if we understand this to be accurate, and and if we're looking at the mark of the beast as as an actual thing, then we have to see the rest of it as is actual also, and and right. see when this happens in history. There'll be no confusion. 
um, about who the Antichrist is and, and, and what's happening with him. Not for Christians anyway. Shauna, did you have any um, questions or things that provoked some thoughts for you? Um, I'm just such a visual person that as I'm trying to like visualize what this would look like and it's just so big, like it's just so much bigger than it's like we can hardly wrap our mind around it. Um, something I keep thinking is every time they do one of the like chapter nine, how they say um, for five months they had the power to torment people. I just think it's so funny that. I mean, in the middle of this like social distancing and quarantine and all this, that we've been what three months in and we are losing it here. And so every time that they give a number, I think like how long this is going and like what a, I mean, aside from all the crazy visual stuff that's happening and the pain, like just, just how, I don't know, it's, it, this whole thing is just mind blowing to me. And so like, as I, I just have to keep reading all of it. Um, to try to like visualize exactly what it, it, what John even saw. Yeah. Well, and you can imagine John, you know, trying to process, like, I mean, talk about mind blown, right? Trying to process, yeah. not, not to mention the fact that he is, he is being shown these things. He's been taken to heaven. He's seen all of, you know, he's seen God and his glory and all of this. Now he's trying to process all of these end time things. It's crazy. Yeah. Shauna, are you outside? Yeah, I'm on my porch. I, I just, because I can hear all your birds. Right? I, and, I know. I'm See, not I'm not going to make them. it. I, I like them. I'm, no, we're not. We don't like them. They're no. everywhere. What the problem oh, is. Shama doesn't like birds, right? Oh. I mean, you don't like frogs. everywhere. They're fighting. Shama doesn't like birds. <laughs> I, I don't like frogs, but I feel vindicated in that now because I was able to show you biblically why that was the case that was funny and you, you tyler's ears perked up when you were talking about the force or the light side and the dark side <laughs> and he was like he was all in <laughs> at that point <laughs> good well i'm glad i got his attention <laughs> oh. oh okay moving on oh <laughs> you know one of one of the things that we didn't touch on a great deal um, in, in the sermons, because again, we're just trying to move through this at, at, a, at a pace that's pretty quick, um, but something that, that could stand to be, like in personal study or things, um, dug into a little bit more, uh, Revelation 17 and 18, we kind of skip over, uh, and yeah. John kind of shares them as an interlude, right? The seventh bowl is poured out. You hear the angel says it is finished, right? There's this great earthquake, and that's when Christ will return. But it's almost like the angels that pour that, that pour God's wrath out press pause and say, "Hey, come here. Let me show you what just happened." Because the seventh vial was poured out, the seventh wrath of God was poured out. This is what happens. This this woman, this great prostitute, is going to be devoured, and and Babylon, the great city, is fallen. Okay, unpause. We see Jesus coming from heaven. So when you're reading through Revelations, chapters 17 and 18, kind of, they are a blip. 
they are the reality of what happens because the seventh vial is poured out, right? So, so it's not like there's this long delay between the seventh vial and uh, in chapter 19 when Jesus comes back. That's simultaneous. Mm-hmm. But there's almost, for John's benefit, again, a pressing of pause to show him these things. Um, and I think it's so important to talk about, like, the great prostitute. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, the word, it, it, she's described really vividly, mm-hmm. right? That, that the kings of the world have committed adultery with her, uh, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. Since the beginning, God has, um, he's equated, he's equated fidelity with him as our Lord, the Lord of our lives, uh, as our Lord and Savior. He's equated fidelity with God to fidelity like in marriage. Mm -hmm. So when we, basically when we ignore God and go with something else, when we ignore God and we worship ourselves um, or we engage in, in sin that we know, you know, these things, God basically says that like we're cheating on him. Yeah. Well, sin, sin at its core is basically like spiritual adultery, right? Right. But, yeah. but he, he, I mean, he loves to use the imagery of, of mm-hmm. sexual infidelity mm-hmm. um, as, as a picture of how we treat him when we reject him and when we chase other things. That's what's so powerful about that Old Testament book, Hosea, right? Like, it just seems like such a weird story. God says to the prophet Hosea, hey, go marry a prostitute. And guess what? Have children with her. And the name of one of your children will be not mine because you'll know that that child is not <laughs> going to be yours, right? Um, yeah. And God, God is, you know, he uses that scenario to say, hey, like, that's what you people do with me. Mm-hmm. You cheat on me all the time. Um, but he tells Hosea, be faithful like I'm faithful. Go get her back. Mm-hmm. Buy her back. Redeem her and bring her home with you. And, and that's what Hosea does. And, and so in that imagery, we get the picture of this great prostitute who has basically lured and tempted all of the kings and people of the earth to come and sleep with her, mm-hmm. you know, in that they're rejecting God and they're chasing these other things. And God says, that's, that's just this world religious system. That's the way this is. And I made this comment in the sermon and I had a couple of questions about it. And so I feel like I need to clarify, listen, world religions, no matter how good they might be, no matter how much good they might put into the world, right? By helping the hungry, um, helping the homeless, you know, treating people nicely. Um, if they are not of God, they are evil. And that sounds really mean and it sounds really harsh, right? And I, I'm going to say this and, you know, the thing about a public podcast is anybody can listen to it. And so this is liable to maybe ruffle some feathers or do whatever. But even our Jehovah's Witness folks here in town, who we love them, we love them as individuals, right? But that as a religion is evil. It doesn't necessarily do tangible evil things, right? I'm not saying it's out there, you know, doing crime and committing murder and wreaking havoc in our society. 
But the reason that it's evil is because it's actively teaching something that's not true. Mm-hmm. And it's telling you, hey, the way to be right with God is this way. And it's false. If you are following the Jehovah's Witness religion, you are missing out on the redemption of Jesus Christ. And you are going to miss out on having your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's evil. It doesn't get more evil than that. It's not intentional, but it's evil. And so one of the things with this great prostitute is everything gets lumped in here. Like all religions that, that aren't from God um, are, are lumped in here and ultimately they're judged. Mm-hmm. Which sounds mean. Like, and, and I get how that would sound if I was a Jehovah's Witness or, or a Mormon or somebody else, a, a Buddhist listening to this, that would, that would rub me the wrong way and I get that. Um, but, you know, either the Bible is true or it's not, and it's, it's been shown to be true. And so that's what we have to say. So is the, is the beast here, um, the false prophet? The scarlet beast that was, but is no longer. Yeah. Uh, the, the beast that's listed here, we're talking about, um, the antichrist, um, And I mean, she's, I mean, let's face it, and she's sitting on the dragon, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that, that's Satan himself, the same dragon that was cast from heaven. You know, she, she this, this great prostitute and, and Satan are one in the same. Yeah. Well, and I can't help think like, you know, she's described as being attractive and, you know, you think about how sin is attractive for a season and yeah. it's just, I don't know. Well, Malia, let's not shy away from the imagery that God uses, mm-hmm. right? I mean, think about this in, in as as a as a man. You know, I I would think about this or, or project this in terms of a woman who is trying mm-hmm. to seduce you. Yeah. Right. That is that is using all of her charms and and all of her abilities to to lure you into sin and to bring you um, into an unholy relationship. You know, and, and in that instance, yeah, everything, right? She's, she's, she's going to use everything she has to be appealing and attractive and to be what's missing in your life. And, you know, all of those things that ultimately are going to be awful, but in the minute, they're pleasing. Yeah, yep. And I, I think that imagery is so easy for us to grab hold of. I think that's why God uses it. But yeah. I think we shy away from using it because it, it feels crass, right? right? Like, like I mean, it's just one of those things we don't, but I mean, it's, it's easy to understand. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things that kind of stands the test of time too. Like it, it was hard then and it's still hard for people today. And yeah. Yeah. And, and you think Something about this. Relate to. Yeah. With this great prostitute here too, ultimately, no matter what she portrays, she is going to be intolerant of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And you see that from a lot of these world religions um, and, and a lot of these things is that ultimately they may be tolerant of a lot of views and a lot of ways of seeing things and a lot of different perspectives, but they are not tolerant of Christianity. You know, and the word tells us that she's drunk on the blood of the martyrs, right? That she has devoured mm-hmm. them. So. Hmm. So I know I asked you this, I think 
yes yesterday yeah bring it maybe or maybe another day i forget but um i had heard commentary before that um in let's see where am i at chapter 19 verse mm -hmm. 16 where it says on on his robe and on his thigh he has the name written king of kings lord of lords and i had heard commentary before of people saying like oh he's gonna have this tattoo on his thigh and then, but then you had said yesterday that some um translations say that it was on his robe yeah you know here's the thing am i gonna be offended if jesus has a tattoo no I have one. Right. It's going to be okay. Right? Um, I know. Tattoos aren't evil, right? Like, <laughs> it's just not a thing. The Old Testament does have one in Exodus. There is one passage of scripture that says that God's people uh -huh. should not be marked, right? Like, you shouldn't have right. tattoos. It's right next to the passage of scripture that says that we should not wear mixed fabric clothing, right? We're talking right. about um, or eat shellfish. Uh, like, like we're talking or how about me and Shauna should be outside of the city gate yes. during our, our unclean time. <laughs> That's right. Actually, there I might be something to go to Bible verse. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> we we have to understand that that we're not throwing out the Old Testament, but but some of those of those laws that were designed to set Israel apart don't carry forward um, sure. in the same way. Right. Um, so tattoos aren't evil. Um, so I want to be clear about that. Um, but I, I think a good reading of the Greek um, here seems to indicate that it's written on his robe. You know, I, I, I love that there's all of this buildup. And, you know, I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And then it doesn't even tell us about the battle. Verse 19 says, I see this standoff. Verse 20 says, it's over, the beast was captured, all the other people were dead, and the end. And, and it's just this grand, like, it's just over. Like, like, it's so unimportant, the battle, that think about all of the detail that John's given us all throughout Revelation. Like, I mean, he is working hard to describe things that are otherworldly to him, and we get to here, and he's like, ah, not even going to bother. It's not even important. And he just tells us. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then this Sunday, we actually get to talk about what happens after. There's this thing called the millennial kingdom that is way confusing. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, he's going to put Satan in jail, basically. But then after a thousand years, he's going to let Satan out of jail so that Satan can cause turmoil, which... Here's the thing. At that point, after a thousand years, Satan's actually going to gather together an army of unbelievers, which should make you scratch your head a little bit. You're like, wait a minute. We're living in the millennial kingdom, right, with Jesus on the throne, and there's going to be a lot of unbelievers for Satan to gather in an army, but there will be. Um, and so we'll have to figure out what that's about and how that works, and um, and then we'll get into final judgment and... Uh, and that judgment is going to be for both believers, um, and they're going to be judged um, uh, with something called the Bema Seat Judgment, um, the Judgment Seat of Christ. And then we'll have judgment for non-believers, which is going to be this great white throne judgment. Um, you know, and here's just the quick snapshot. Anybody that goes through the Bema Seat Judgment, they're in heaven. They're going to heaven. They've been redeemed by Christ. 
The Bema Seat Judgment is for our rewards based on the things we've done as Christians. The Great White Throne Judgment, that is anybody going through that judgment is destined for hell. Uh, because that's the judgment where people have said, I want to stand on my own works, not on the blood of Christ. And so the books of their lives will be opened up. And we know from Romans and everywhere else in scripture that their lives will fall short. And God will give them what they've asked for. They asked to be judged on their own accord, and so they will be. And they'll fall short. And unfortunately, they'll be cast to hell, which was never meant for them. It was meant for Satan and, and those that followed him, um, the, the angels in heaven. And so it'll be tragic. But that's where I will wrap up, and that's where I'll end uh, on that really high note. Um, yeah, I was going to say another real warm, fuzzy Sunday. But then Pastor David will get to bring us home uh, with the new heavens and the new earth and all of that and, and this call that John gives Jesus to come quickly. And so um, he'll, he'll end us on a higher note. But we, we do get to, we need to talk about these things because they're, they're critically important. So we've got, including this Sunday, we've got three Sundays left of Revelation? Yep, yep. I'll okay. finish up one more. David will have two. Then we'll okay. get into our marriage series. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts, Shauna? Any final questions or thoughts? No. <laughs> well, it's been fun. I have enjoyed preaching through this book. I've never preached through Revelation before. I've taught it a little bit, but this is the first time I've done kind of a, a sermon series through it. And um, it's been good. I, and I'll tell people it, there are a lot of really good books to read um that are more comprehensive than what we're going through and so uh maybe we can maybe put a list uh, maybe you could give me a, that list and i can yeah. add them to the notes here and perfect yeah let's do that because there's just if if this is peaked interest and there may be mm -hmm. people that are going why didn't we dig deeper into that and why didn't we dive in there more uh, i get it uh we could have done this series for a year uh but that's not how we chose to do it. And so do a little of your own reading and, and dig in and um, I'll, I'll give you those and you can attach them to the, to, to this, Perfect. this here. So good. Perfect. All right. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks guys.